Hi, this is Mark, and welcome to this bonus episode of Nerdology. I got together with Ian Martin just after Christmas uh, 2019, and we thought we'd have a little chat about Doctor Who over the last decade. And uh, it's a little bit rushed because we all had things to do, and uh, it was a busy time of year. So I wasn't quite sure it was worthy of a full episode, but I thought I would just bung it out there on the feed as a bit of a bonus. So uh, I hope you enjoy it. Hello, this is Mark, and welcome to Nerdology, and with me on this episode is the wonderful Mr. Ian Martin. Hello. Hello, how are you, Ian? I am incredibly well. How are you, sir? I'm marvellous. Uh, nicely rested up after Christmas and looking forward to the new year. Excellent. Are you in that interim stage where you're eating too much snack food? I mean, that's, that's just my default position, I think, regardless it's of what very... time of year it is. It's a very good position. Well, not for my waistline, but let's not go there. <laughs> well, you know, we are we're getting to the end of a year and the end of a decade, so you suggested it might be fun to have a little look back over some of our highlights uh, from the last 10 years. I did um whether or not I'm proved to be correct in that, I don't well, know, that's but the listener to decide. On paper it could be fun. It could, it could. It could be fun. So, yes, um, I wasn't sure what uh, what highlights you wanted to delve into first. Well, let's, shall we try and do it chronologically, because that would make some sort of sense to me? I guess so. It's it's either that or we do it in sort of order of, ascending order of brilliance. Oh, well, um, I mean. But that would be very predictable. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, so let's start with 2010. Um, yes. Ooh. I mean, I should preface this with the fact that you want to focus primarily on Doctor Who. Well, it's 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 probably what we've got most of in common. We might both yeah. have seen a few films and mm-hmm. you know read the odd book here and there, but I think probably both of us have watched most, if not all, of the Doctor Who output of the last decade. So the the first of January twenty ten was my was the day I left Britain to go and live in the Middle East. Right. So I quite didn't see. Then. Uh, yeah, fairly. I didn't see The End of Time Part 2 for about well, four months. So I was left on something of a cliffhanger. Depending on your opinion, that could possibly have been a bullet dodged or you could have missed out on a really fun episode. Well, the tragedy is I, I did see it eventually. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think it's all bad. It um, was, so the second part of a two-parter, which finished off the David Tennant era. Yeah. Um, I think by this point, RTD was just operating on, on fumes. And uh, a lot of things that seemed like good ideas at the time uh, to him um, are divisive, I would say. A lot of people really don't mind, indeed, quite like that story. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm not a fan. It's um, fair to say you're probably not alone in that. No. Or maybe no, I just I, listen I, to other podcasts that seem to share that, that view. And one thing I would say in its defence is you can't beat a bit of the Cribbins. The, the Crib Meister. Yes. <laughs> Bernie crib. crib. Yes, he was, um, he, he was the, the emotional heart of, of what was otherwise quite a sort of giddy mess of... Uh, mm mess of a story but um you know in terms of a a, a big momentous uh 
confrontation. It was all kind of there. You had Gallifrey coming back and the Doctor, you know, hurtling from a spaceship to crash through a roof and have a final confrontation with an evil Rassilon and and the Master. And it, it was all there on paper. It just didn't really come off. I think because the, the, the big regeneration was so... As has been said ad infinitum, it, it, it took him about three days to actually regenerate. <laughs> he was just well, you know. By the time around. he's been around all his friends and you know said his goodbyes, you know, and... yeah, <laughs> pop to the shops, you know. <laughs> um, it, yeah, it it was. Um, a, a, I think quite a, a smug is the wrong word, um, and at the same time, it is the right word because I think if anyone deserves to be smug, it was that outgoing production team because well, I they think had it was. Brought could be argued it was a little bit self-indulgent. Yeah, but they they earned it. I mean, they, I think they, they took did. A, they took a dead show, they brought it back, and they made it, you know, the most popular show in the country. So Yeah, it's true. I mean, for all your misgivings about that particular episode, you can't deny that in the, the build-up to that end of their era, they did an amazing job. They, As you say, they yeah. took something that was among the average viewer of the general public something if they could remember it was regarded as a bit of a joke and for saddos like you and I it was you know something we desperately wanted to see come back and they did an, a, a you know, really fantastic job of of making it a mainstream hit and uh, and getting people interested in it again yeah and then by the by voyage of the damned i think you've you've i don't think it was like the number 1 show of the week but it was the number 2 rated show of the week after the christmas day eastenders mm. so i mean that's was it 13 million viewers it was yeah it was, it was certainly pretty up there, amazing wasn't it? Mm. you know pretty amazing mm. really so um so david tennant regenerates there's three or four months off and then we get to now mm, so we can either call it the complete <laughs> fifth series or we can call it season one because obviously they sort of reset their their yeah name that was a for the show strange thing that went around for a while, didn't it? Yes, I think season five is a, a good way to or series yeah. five. Yeah, series I five. I don't know about you, I always get season and series the wrong way round. Well, the easy to re- easy way to remember is season is old who and series is new who. That is a very simple, easy really. way to remember it, and now you've made me look like some sort of fool. <laughs> This is why I never get invited well, on you're anyone in good else's then, show. <laughs> um, so, yeah, for Stephen Moffat's first season. Yes. Now, thinking back to it, it for me, I and I don't want to give away the kind of general direction this conversation might go in, but, but. I think I think season five is arguably uh, the best series of Doctor Who ever. I think it's and, tremendous fun, and arguably the the certainly the best of this decade. Um, and I think obviously an awful lot of that is down to the undoubted genius of Stephen Moffat, but mm-hmm. a lot of it was down to Matt Smith, who just from the word go, I think, was absolutely perfect, absolutely electrifying, and you know just immediately blew David Tennant out of the water. I think he he just single-handedly convinces you that he is simultaneously this young kid who is a thoroughly ancient time lord who's been knocking around the solar system for best part of a thousand years and uh yeah it just brings a whole freshness to it that you know as much as I I did love David Tennant while he was in the role but I think this was just something 
gave it a whole new level. And I think, without wishing to jump too far ahead, that was one of the reasons why it really took off in America in the way that it did. I think so. I think I think with David Tennant, you always had the sense that he was a very pretty actor. Um, whereas with Matt Smith, you, it, it didn't feel like you were watching a man playing the Doctor. It felt like, yes, this is a documentary. <laughs> yeah, I think rather unfairly, Stephen Moffat described Matt Smith as looking like uh, someone who'd been designed by a group of old men. Just <laughs> slightly harsh. That's undeniably brilliant, though. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, the way he hit the ground running in terms of the you know the first story they filmed was mm-hmm. Time of Angels and Flesh and Stone, which um, you'd never guess, was, would you? I mean, you really wouldn't. And uh, you know, and, and he'd absolutely nailed it by that point. Mm. So that his performance was, you know, just you you know you literally can't take your eyes off it um he's he's, he was just so alive and uh, unpredictable and Mm. so fundamentally doctorish um yeah i mean way of putting it our mutual friend jr from the strangers in space podcast often argues that series five doesn't really hang together as well as series six because it doesn't sort of flow in the same way that series six does it's a bit disjointed and uh there's no kind of um through line it's there is that kind of connecting thing with the crack in time but yes uh it jumps about all over the place which is one of the reasons i love it i think i love that variety which i I think drives him crazy but (laughs) i don't think you can you you can really say that's a fault of it i mean it's no different really from series four which had the occasional reference to the bees disappearing or mm. you know planets vanishing but there was no real through line in in series four either and i felt at the time watching it season five was you know genuinely building up and building up and gaining mm-hmm. momentum and that sort of final two-parter which um as a lot of people point out is kind of the the, the genesis of moffat being moffat mm. um so there's a great episode of the west wing where they they write uh, Leo is talking to President Bartlett, and he just writes down "Let Bartlett be Bartlett," mm-hmm. and this was very much "Let Moffat be Moffat." <laughs> yeah. I think from there on in, it was all, uh, to use a hideous expression, "Timey wimey." Um, mm. But yeah, as as the weeks went on, and you had, um, I mean, the eleventh hour, I think, is is still the, the best introduction of a new Doctor. Um, well, I think he Moffat treads that line very well of. Obviously, he wants to take the people who've fallen in love with the show from RTD's era and perhaps take it in a different direction, but it's not a jarring sort of jolt from one style to another. I think it's uh, quite a smooth transition. As you say, it kind of it flows up to that point of the finale and then he just really lets go with both barrels and really chucks everything in the kitchen sink at it. I mean, And it the... works beautifully. Yeah, in the in the in the build up to the last couple of stories you've got things like um Amy's choice by Simon Nye, who is mm. only otherwise famous for having written Men Behaving Badly, which yeah. um is an astonishing second line on your C V. Amy's <laughs> choice was I think quite good. Um yeah. there was that bit of a wobble with the, the Hungry Earth uh and and the um the I've forgotten what they were called now, the green gentleman with the tongues. Uh Silurians. <laughs> they came back. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> I'm a big fan of Doctor Who, as you Yeah, know. yeah. Um, and then Vincent and the Doctor, which was one of those episodes where you, you just have a big cry. Oh, um, I love and then, episode so And much. then The Lodger was set in Colchester. I'm from mm-hmm. Colchester. Oh, I'm in go. Colchester right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you play for the local football team? I I don't. Oh. I, I I don't. I was. Um, oh, well let down. I was I was barred for. Um, yeah, let's people. let's not go into the details. Of yeah, that, no. but it's yeah. all fine now. We've 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 it's all it's all since the court out. case. Yeah. 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 Well, I had mm. six years in prison, but I tell everyone I was in the Middle <laughs> East, so it's fine. Um, and then yeah, and then the Pandorica opens in the Big Bang. Now I don't mm. know about you, but that cliffhanger at the end of part one of that where the Doctor is sort of trapped by all of his various foes and and nemeses, Mm -hmm. and they trap him in the Pandorica. There's no way out, Uh, and, you know, time will be destroyed, but that's what they're going to do, and then Mm -hmm. everything goes dark. For me, that was the most exciting thing that's probably ever happened in Doctor Who, because there was... Because, obviously, it's rather famously a show where nothing really changes and he'll mm. never really die and, and things will carry on very much the way they are. This was one occasion where something stunning had happened and mm. and you you really couldn't work out how the hell we were going to get back to a, you know, having and, an and episode you, next uh, week. Did you see the, uh, the reason for the Pandorica? Why it was built? Did you see that coming? Or I think was that a I, big surprise for you? I think I twigged about five seconds before everyone else mm, on yeah. screen. I'm, mm-hmm. I, but I like being quite slow on the uptake because I, I don't want to be sitting there with my my mind working overtime trying mm-hmm. to uh, trying to second guess what's going to happen. So I, I, much as I do in every other avenue of my life, I sort of bumble along like a sort of <laughs> three year old with a sort of slack jawed, wide eyed wonder <laughs> and a little bit of chocolate around my mouth. And nice. uh, so, yeah, I, I, did you see it coming? Um, I think I'm like you. I think just a fraction before it, you suddenly think, oh, wait, no, that's. Uh, but yeah, I, I really I, I adore that series. I think it's eminently rewatchable, uh, even the ones that are perhaps the, the lesser episodes still stand up pretty well in the in the pantheon of modern who yeah i um, mean the, the, there were no sort of real clunkers in there i think if mm-hmm. i if i was rewatching it now i'd be most kind of about rewatching perhaps the beast below or victory of mm-hmm. the daleks but both of those contain moments of absolute uh you know, wonder like the in the beast below. Amy's sort of talking to the Doctor of the TARDIS, and they've seen the little child outside, and the kids mm-hmm. upset. And Amy's just talking to the Doctor, and she looks up and she sees him on the scanner because he's already gone belting out against his own advice and got himself involved. And that mm-hmm. was again wordlessly that was such a Doctorish moment that yeah. so clearly underlined the character. And um, Victory of the Daleks, I like the bit with the. Um, the the jammy dodger, yeah, yeah, um, it's a great if, moment. Yeah, and the, no matter the, what the you might think of the, uh, <laughs> yeah, whatever you might think of the the new design Daleks, not really my cup of tea. But the Ironside Daleks are they not the most beautiful Daleks ever made? They they were they were beautiful. They 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 you know they're probably going to sort of um, I don't know. It must be very tempting to 
to kind of think, well, let's run with that idea a bit and, and make the Daleks a little bit more. Like we saw in the most recent episode uh, last New Year's Day with that mm-hmm. Dalek that sort of built itself, making them feel a bit more kind of grimy and primal. Yeah. And oh, it was mm. it was very exciting. Um, so, uh, and what was... Oh, God, and the Christmas special that year, the, ah, the Christmas yeah. Carol, was yeah. so wonderful. Oh, I yeah, loved that, that so was, much. Uh, in some respects, a simple idea, but just executed so beautifully. And the cast was incredible. Well, uh, it was I mean, uh, Gambon. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, and I've Catherine got, Jenkins. Yeah, she um, <clears throat> she she was. Uh, I can't really remember much about about it now. She was she had like a very finite amount of time left to. Go yes. and so they were thawing her out for an hour every New Year's Eve and <laughs> taking her somewhere wonderful. I mean, that's quite lovely, isn't it? Yeah, that's very Christmassy. And I think, um, I don't, I don't, it's bizarre because I haven't watched it for a, a long time now, but that was and I think remains probably my favorite of the Christmas specials of, mm. of the New Who era. Yeah, and actually, no, are we a... still are we still calling it New Who because it's getting on for 20 years old now? <laughs> Yeah, that's scary, isn't it? Where did that time go? Uh, well, most hmm. of it was sort of looking on Outpost Gallifrey and seeing if there were any spoilers <laughs> we could get for the new series. But, you uh, were. I, I don't... I must be perhaps in the minority. I don't go looking for spoilers. I find that it ruins my enjoyment. Well, I, I don't look for them, but... Once I know they're out there, I do feel a bit aggrieved that other people know more about my show than I do, mm. even though I'm not, you know, keenly involved in its production. Yeah, I just <laughs> always find if I if I have come across something unwittingly, I think your own imagination can sometimes build it up into being this amazing thing, and then when you see the way it's been made, it may not necessarily live up to what you're expecting so it's not the fault of the program it's just your own expectations have set you up for a fall so i'd rather just go in completely cold or as cold yes. as you can be and just enjoy it for what it is absolutely you're entirely right well yeah it's, it's usually the case yes just well, don't ask my well, I'm, wife, I'm, I'm glad we've established she'll disagree. That. well <laughs> she's probably even writer than you are yeah yeah. <laughs> so I keep slipping into this kind of crappy Tom Baker impression because um <laughs> you know Britbox. I am aware of it, yes. So I first thing on Boxing Day morning I went to my Britbox account and, and mm-hmm. sure enough there it was, all of classic Doctor Who available to stream right away. Yeah. And I thought I'd treat myself, I'd I'd watch the very first story I can ever remember seeing any of, which was mm-hmm. Megloss. Right. So I watched I watched all of Megloss. And my plan then was... You I then cancelled just... your BritBox account and <laughs> turned off the TV. I thought Megloss was really rather good. Um, well, it's, there's a definite air of uh, season 17 about it, which in my eyes is a good thing. Yes. Um, it certainly, uh, you know, it it, it it had a degree of fun, a degree mm. of silly, um, and that was... You know the the kind of last hurrah for that approach. Um, yeah, but what like... I did what I did after that, I've gone back and I've watched Robot and Ark in Space, and I'm halfway through the Sontaran experiment, and I think I'm going to do what's known as the full Tom. Oh, 
Yes. Is this some sort of drinking challenge or? Well, it, well, I could I could add that element to it. Just um, get down to Soho and uh... <laughs> just sit in the coach and horses. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to watch Doctor Who now. Could you all shut up, loves? <laughs> I shall have three three pints of that. Um, anyway, so yes, so uh, 2011 was uh, the sixth series of Doctor mm. Who season series six, uh, the River Song one, as people call it. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people would say this was the best series of Doctor Who ever. Yes. I mean, they might be what, wrong, but... What would you say? Um, I think in retrospect, it is very strong. I think I at the time I got a little bit bored of the whole River Song thing because, you know, I like I really liked the character when she was first introduced, but, yeah, you know, it got... I don't know. It just felt like it was becoming the focal point of the show and as much as I like that particular character I wanted to see more than just the River Song story but uh, I think in, in hindsight looking back at it now I, I think it stands up really well I think it is a really strong series I think yeah the only real um, I mean I like the one with the pirates I know a lot of people are mm -hmm. very dismissive of Curse of the Black Spot I thought it was yeah. fine mm -hmm. I mean you know in a, a a, f a formulaic show like this, you're you're going to get pirate stories now and then, and 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 this was a very good one. Um, the the rebel flesh and and the almost people was the kind of, I think, major wobble of the series. Mm. They were probably fine in their own right, but it was I think not even scheduling. If they'd been in a, a, any different series, they might have felt stronger. But I think mm -hmm. just in the middle of, uh, as you say, a very River Song yeah. continuity-heavy series. Mm. They they felt a bit like, well, why are we watching these people made of milk running around a castle? <laughs> I want to know what's happening with the various subplots that are woven into the fabric of the series, uh, as we all said at the time. <laughs> um, and obviously you had um, Amy becoming slightly more likeable as we moved into this second series, and yeah rory taking a, a a larger sort of center stage and you had very strong episodes like the the impossible astronaut day of the moon mm -hmm. i thought was fantastic the doctor's oh, wife what a lot an of epic people, opener oh yeah that was absolutely amazing and, it, and still is and i think because of the casting of um that actor whose name escapes me mark someone who was also in firefly and he's been in every u.s genre tv show ever. yes playing Canton um, everett yeah, he really yeah. he lent he. I think that made us feel like Doctor Who could be a show that could work in America. You know, mm -hmm. it kind of brought an international flavour to it. Mark Everett, or no, is that the guy from Eels? It'll come to me. Um, <laughs> uh, and um, as the series went on, you know, you had ups and downs. I think the the problem with the River Song arc was that she'd sort of turn up, she'd be all fabulous. And then she'd go all coy just before the end of the episode and she'd be like, oh, the next time I see you is the day everything changes and all oh, the world will end and the next time I see you. And she says this every time she sees him and yeah. he must have been like, oh, come on, love. Change just, the record, love, come on. Yeah, just, you know, the next time I see you is the day we have chips. I mean, uh, whatever. Um, so that, that built up and you had um, things like uh, the girl who waited and the god mm -hmm. complex at the back end of the series there, and then the wedding of River Song, which was probably the most kind of 
maybe for some people the most out there timey-wimey I don't understand what's happening mm. kind of thing. Now I had a lot of friends who'd been watching it since Christopher Eccleston mm-hmm. who by season six or series six I'm doing it again I'm so <laughs> sorry had kind of given up on the show because they said it had got right. too complicated mm. and I still maintain it's 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 a show aimed primarily at eight-year-olds and there's nothing in it that you can't follow really but no, I think uh, there's enough to enjoy without necessarily having to understand all of the the various deft things that uh, Moffat's doing in the background. I think you can enjoy it on a surface level, but then if you really want to go back and and watch it again, you can take a lot more from it if you are in that mood. Yeah, I think the the problem for for those of us who are notionally adults is that it's actually having to commit to watch something for 12 weeks and remember you know, as many as four or five salient facts. That's the bit that caused people a lot of issues because we just, we can't. We've got to get to the shops. Well, this, of course, was in an era before it. Netflix and all those various streaming things mm. really came about into any great prominence. So this is very true. you watched it bit by bit, week by week, rather than binging it, which yeah. I think is, um, I don't know, I think there's something to be said for that sort of, approach of just being able to spread it over a series of weeks rather than because otherwise it's I don't know it just feels like you're rushing to get through it and perhaps not savoring it as you as you should yes I think if you if you watched a whole series of Doctor Who for the first time in you know it you know it would be one day if there were 10 new episodes available tomorrow I would because I'm not at work tomorrow, uh, because it's a holiday, uh, I would I would watch all ten, and I think the worst ones would really feel a lot worse in yeah. the context of that concentrated um, a, a, a watch. Well, it's like my defence of the the gunfighters, the William Hartnell story. You know, you'll get people who buy the DVD and they'll watch it end to end. By the by the time they've reached the final episode, they are just wanting to find whoever wrote that song about the last chance saloon and <laughs> throttle them but you obviously have to realize that this was meant to go out weekly and you know you had this recurring theme and you know if you watched it for 25 minutes every week yes you'd kind of remember it but it wouldn't be quite so ingrained on your memory no it's very true we have we have different ways of watching now which don't necessarily mm. suit or favor uh the content of of bygone production eras mm. Sorry, that was a bit of a grown-up sentence there. <laughs> I just put my finger in the plug socket, you see, and I got this <laughs> bolt of intelligence that shot through me. Um, but yes, stuff, bits. I liked Series 6 or Season 6. Mm. Um, I thought the River Song stuff... I think ultimately, because you have to try... Because they tried to make a big deal of her, you have to kind of weave what will ultimately be a, a fairly short-lived character you know she mm. was in what three or four series but you yeah. have to make her so important you have to weave her in and it's like when they introduced the master in uh season season eight, eight. Yeah. you know he's he's in it every week because mm-hmm. how yeah, do you no, establish that's, the that's importance comment, of this character yeah mm. you've you've got to kind of drum it into everyone that this is someone major okay you've never seen them before but my mm-hmm. gosh they're important um and you know i thought 
I thought River Song was magnificent, and I to this day, and I'm you know I'm prepared to admit it's not going to happen now, but I'd still quite happily watch a show just about River Song. Well, luckily for you, there's a whole load of uh, Big Finish audios that you can kind of get your fix that way if you wanted to. I mean, I could. It's 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 a curious phenomenon, but it's kind of a visual thing with Alex Kingston. Oh yes, she does. She does benefit from being on, <laughs> on my telly. Um, anyway, yes. So there was that, and that was great. And then we had the anniversary year. Um, yeah, I mean, well, season I, twelve, series seven. That's oh. it was. It was. It was split, wasn't it? So we yes, had the first it was. five in twenty twelve. Should we do that? Be separately? more than three months away from your next episode of Doctor Who. Yes, that that that's aged well. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, you're right. Let's look at 2012 separately. So you had um, uh, the Doctor, Widow, and the Wardrobe, which I think got things mm. off to a bad start. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, Asylum of the Daleks, Dinosaurs on a Spaceship, uh, A Town Called Mercy, The Power of Three, and The Angels. Now- I personally liked the idea of these little self-contained mini-movies. I thought yeah. that was just something a bit different. And um, I don't know. I just felt the only thing with splitting it in such a way, it was just, I think when you come to see it overall as a series, I don't think it really hangs together in the same way as the others. I absolutely agree Because with it you. goes off in a totally different tangent. Yeah. From you know the Christmas episode onwards. Well, I mean to back it up with with some stats, and they're going to be stats that I'm <laughs> about to make up. Um, Excellent. I have seen Asylum of the Daleks many times. Mm-hmm. I've seen Dinosaurs on a Spaceship a couple of times. Yeah. A Town Called Mercy. I've seen two or three times. Power of Three. Angels Take Manhattan. I've seen all that chunk of the series numerous times. Mm. There are certain episodes in the second half of Series 7 I have not seen since they were broadcast. Mm. I think there is a... And I know... I don't know what, but I know there was a situation happening that meant certain people were not doing as much uh, or able to input as much into the show as they were supposed to. Yeah. Um, But there was just something off with it. When it when it came back at the start mm. of 2013, Jenna Coleman coming in as Clara, I thought was absolutely amazing. Well, what a way to introduce the character as well. I mean, that was a a, a drop the bacon sandwich moment. As, it really uh, was, as people used to say. Um, yes, bringing her in as a as a mad Dalek. Hmm. Um. Yeah. I and um. As much as I loved. Rory and Amy, it was very much time for them to go when they went. So it was a real breath of fresh air having a new uh, companion coming in. Well, it's always fun to see a different dynamic play out, isn't it? When you've got an established doctor and you've got that change of personnel, it's just interesting to see how the difference sort of plays out. And uh, yeah, no, by the time they came to the end of their run, I. I really grew quite fond of Amy and Rory. Um, but it's, yeah, I just felt it was interesting to see Matt Smith's Doctor with a different companion just to see how that played out. And I think Jenna Coleman was 
really good. I don't know if she was served quite so well by... I think that the problem I had with her character was that the way she was introduced, the whole thing of her being the impossible girl and you know, she keeps dying and it's... I don't know, it just... I found it a little bit... Hmm, I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the right way of putting it. I don't want to make it sound like I'm on a downer on her because I think she's no. really good. Yes. But yeah, it was just... um. A character as plot device rather than a character in her own right yes and it's i suppose in a in a way it kind of mirrors the way she ultimately left the show mm-hmm. you know she's this larger than life more important than anything kind of figure when she comes in this big mm. enigma and and then to jump ahead when she left the show she'd become this kind of half of the hybrid you know wants to mm. be the doctor you know um mm-hmm where she was served best was when she was uh was when they when they when they let jenna be jenna i think yeah <laughs> um seems like there's a recurring theme yeah but i think you know her first yeah that 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 first half well the the last half of series 7 um mm. yeah i wouldn't i mean i I am one of the few people who will defend the Rings of Akaten. I think that was a nice idea. I well, think it was visually I'm, I'm with you on that one, to be fair. Yeah. I remember at the time we reviewed it for the, the Blue Box podcast, and uh, it was myself and JR, and uh, I think we both felt quite positive about it. We were very much in the minority, and that's fine. Well, yeah, it seems to be one of those stories that because it is doing something gently different... Mm. Um, a lot of people who don't like it when their show does something gently different will take a lot of umbrage. Um, but that's part of why I love the show so much. There's just so much variety yeah. in it, and everyone's yeah, exactly. got their favourites. And I enjoy hearing people talk about why they like it or why they don't like it, or you know, and just you know, it's I may have possibly mentioned before that I like the Horns of Nyman from. The classic series, and Ooh, yeah. um, you kept that quiet. Yeah, um, <laughs> and I, you know, I know I'm in a minority there, but I just think it's a whole bunch of fun, um, and I like that. There's so much to look back on that we can all enjoy something from it. So you don't, you know, if you don't perhaps enjoy that story, wait till next week, and there'll be something else. Uh, but don't, you know, don't have a go at someone else for for liking it. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's I where. Think... Sorry, I, I was going to say, I think that's where I first became more aware of a sort of creeping negativity from certain sections of fandom, which I try to avoid as much as possible. So I don't go on the forums, and I think I generally follow quite like-minded people on the old social medias, but. Um, yeah, I think that's where I first became aware of people who were perhaps not quite so happy with the way things were going. I think so, and I, I think that's my kind of, you know, it's, let's let's hypothetically let's say I'm listening to a Doctor Who review podcast, and I'm I'm quite enjoying the podcast. I'll be like, mm, do I stick with this? Do I not? I'll skip ahead to their Rings of Akaten episode. And if they're positive, fine. If they don't like it, I, wow, I, so I, I stop following like the podcast. Podcasts. 
It's well, incredible. yes, and neither of them are about Doctor Who, which is uh, <laughs> the New York Times review of the Rings of Akaten was jaw-dropping stuff, huh? um, but the Atletico Mints coverage was silly. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I like Rings of Akaten because it had a kind of new adventures vibe. You know, it was it it was a bit different. It was a, yeah. a slightly more maybe adult idea, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, just something a little bit. Uh, anyway, was there anything else in in uh, series seven uh, that that kind of I don't know either you you it stands out for you in a good way or a bad way? I mean, or? stepping back to the early part of it, I I did really enjoy dinosaurs on a spaceship. I just thought it was a hell of a lot of fun. Yes. Um, now, who um, who wrote that? Uh, some guy named Chibnall. Oh, he's good. done since. Oh, mm. I, I will keep an eye out. He will do well. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I shall might, watch his career crop up again. Mm. Yes. Uh, I think of the second batch. Uh, I'm trying to remember now. Hyde, I seem to remember quite enjoying. I think I like the aesthetic of it and the whole sort of. It had a a definite sort of. Um, well, not so much in the actual tone of the the, the story, but um, the way the whole set was dressed. Uh, you know, it's almost like it was filmed at the same time as the Stone Tape or something like that. It just had that seventies uh, vibe about it, it. Yes, it did, didn't it? And it it was again. It was it was doing something slightly different. I think mm. I seem to remember the 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 monsters were quite visually arresting, and the whole thing had mm. a, a, an atmosphere. That was slightly removed from the kind of general giddy madcap fun of of the Matt Smith era. Mm-hmm. Um, Journey to the Centre of the TARDIS, I was not keen on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Crimson Horror, I think, is sort of widely regarded as being possibly the best Mark Gatiss story since uh, Unquiet Dead, but I haven't seen that twice either. And I I remember at the time oh, thinking it was absolutely amazing. No, I remember it being very good. I must go and revisit that. I think yeah. Journey to the Centre of the TARDIS, I think they were on a bit of a hiding to nothing, really, because the the problem is you've got this infinite spaceship. And yes. uh, again, it's kind of going back to what we were saying about the spoilers. It's however that you try and realise it, it's never really going to live up to what you can imagine in your mind. Um mm. Mm. And uh, considering how big this spaceship is, it just felt a bit. Oh, there's a library and a swimming pool. Great. Yes, with what a lot of change there's been since um, the invasion of time. Mm. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I um, yeah, there was a, a lot of it that uh, that could have been more impressive. I think it, mm-hmm. it just it just felt like. It would have been a great two-parter, maybe, if if they could have got more spectacle in there. But as it was, it was a very damp squib. And it was something uh, really, you know, uh, sad fanboy uh, opinion. It, but but since the show came back with Eccleston, you've only seen the console room. Mm, and yeah. I was so excited at the idea that they were finally going to, you know, all right, yeah, hands up, there's more of this ship than we've shown you. But you didn't really get that. You just got these weird um, hexagonal corridors and uh, and some some burning gentlemen who were yeah. being nasty. So <laughs> I I've I've not revisited that. Um, there was a, a Cyberman story, but we won't talk about that. Yeah, no, that's let's no. let's leave that. Let's leave that well alone. Um, I mean, then, there was then, one 
reasonable highlight from that anniversary year, if you if you remember. What uh, what what would you say? Uh, uh, I'll probably say Day of the Doctor. Oh, that was the um, that was the one that was broadcast just after the Night of the Doctor, wasn't it? Oh yeah, sorry, yeah. Yes, because I, I you were thinking the, for me the year revolves around the Night of the Doctor, and everything else was just you know bonus, bonus lovely. But it was all really. I mean, about that the was Night of the Doctor. fantastic, wasn't it? It was oh, it was so wonderful. It was so uh, it just felt amazing to have Paul McGann's Doctor kind of recognised and kind of. I mean, I had heard whispers him. that he was he had done something, but I didn't know oh, really? what it was. Yeah, oh. but I was lucky enough to see the episode or minisode or whatever you want to call it unspoiled. Yes, yes. Oh, and, and wasn't it just the most jo- where he sort of oh. t- I'm a doctor. Probably not the one you were expecting, and I was like, "Oh!" <laughs> and I ran through the flat trying to, you know, shout uh, at my friends to come and watch this, and they didn't know who uh, it was. Great. But it was it was the most exciting thing. Um, and then there was for him as well, just because you know he never really had that chance to do to to cement his role. I know he's done an awful lot for Big Finish, and yes, and but, has had but, you know lots of kudos for that. But uh, it's nice for him to have had that that moment again yeah shame it wasn't broadcast really (laughs) yes actually that has undermined my argument but i remember writing in i think to the blue box podcast pointing out Mm. that if paul mcgann's first story was broadcast in 1996 and his final story was uh, released (laughs) in 2013 technically that made him by far the longest serving doctor yeah um which you know you can you can bend rules and you can you can make statistics say anything you like. <laughs> uh, so you like the day of the Doctor then? Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. Um, when you consider, especially when you find out just how up against it Moffat was at the time. Um, I, I, think, I mean, I, uh, I, I couldn't imagine trying to... All the five Doctors, you know, both the big anniversary mm, episodes have mm. both been kind of written in this situation where the writer doesn't know which cast members may or may not be available yeah and it it just how do you how do you cope with that how many drafts do you I have think at going? the start of writing I think he knew he had Jenna Coleman and that was it just <laughs> a tad tricky <laughs> I mean sure you could you could tell an interesting story it, it may be a bit light mm. on some of the time lord <laughs> mythology but you know sure whatever um to to turn it, uh, you know, to to take that starting point and turn in probably the funniest, certainly the well, l- the longest, the mm. most important of the modern era, um, bring back a classic monster like the Zygons, and get John um, Hurt as well. I mean, get John Hurt too. That there. was. I mean, uh, you know, you can you can forgive and understand if if the reason. The, the seventh series wasn't quite as, as hot as others was because all the mm-hmm. attention and pressure was on on the 50th. Yeah. Then I think it, it is fair enough, and I think I'd take what we've got over mm-hmm. some alternative where the, the anniversary special was less magnificent because that really no, was an episode yeah. you could show to anyone and say, mm-hmm. this is my show, this is the show I love, look how good it is. 
Um, and it was such a big deal as well at the time, and you know it was simulcast in ninety odd countries around the world. Oh, it's it more like a cinema, hundred and something, and it was shown. Mm. Yeah, cinemas. It was in three D apparently. Mm -hmm. uh, for those of us who were watching it on dodgy VPNs in the Middle East, it was it was not, <laughs> not in three D. Um, not you, did. obviously. You waited until you returned Absolutely, to I did. Yeah. It, yeah. I, to buy my legally purchased DVD. Exactly. Um, with buffering, it took me about four months to watch it. Um, <laughs> anyway, so, and uh, and on that high note, you know, brilliant. Oh, Matt Smith's the best ever. This is all magnificent. We go into mm. the time of the Doctor, but a month later, mm. well, a month and two days later, and suddenly it's Matt Smith's final story. Yeah, I had a real downer on this episode at the time. I think... The problem was um, because Day of the Doctor had been such an epic and this massive, amazing story, it all felt a little bit of a damp squib. But I think there was no real alternative. And I, in hindsight, going back to it, I think it's such a great story because it's it's taken the storytelling right down to a tiny story um, but one that really sums up what Matt Smith's Doctor was really about. And I think it's a beautiful swan song. Um, yeah, I, I I think it improves with age, put it that way. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind, I'm kind of letting you flounder. Um, I agree. <laughs> I, I think the only problem it has is that it came a month and two days after the day of the Doctor. And yeah. I think anything's going to feel a bit of a, a redundant uh, mm. epilogue to that. And I think with the benefit of hindsight, perhaps the BBC... B BBC? Good Lord. The BBC <laughs> should have turned around to Stephen Moffat and said, we don't need a Christmas special this year because you've got a special in November. Do a two-parter. Make it make it even bigger. I don't know. This, this felt like kind of overkill. And I know that's a terrible blasphemy for a mm. Doctor Who fan to complain of overkill. But we kind of didn't need another episode. Ooh, I don't know so that. You've got handles, I mean. Yes, handles was amazing. How can you not love handles? And the the story was lovely and watching mm -hmm. the Doctor Age was incredible and um you know, he was going to he was going to die. This was the final incarnation of the Doctor. Um that was all amazing. Um and and this is the last episode of Doctor Who I ever bought on DVD. Oh. So there's a... Because you again, bought the Blu-rays from that point on. Uh, no, no. That's the oh. that's the last money I spent on, on Doctor Who. Which, uh, again, gives you, bad you a, fan. a kind of indication of where this conversation is about to go. Oh. Um, but yes, I think the Matt Smith era ended on, a, on quite a high. I think it was um, quite an emotional send-off. Mm. And and you know Matt Smith's final moments where he's sort of wobbling around the console room. Oh, it was, and then Amy and and that, as other people have said, that moment where you you watch them and you think they're both wearing wigs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was lovely stuff. And then and then Matt Smith was was gone just like that. Mm. Uh, now, I'm I'm guessing from the way you've described your DVD buying habits, you weren't massively a fan of the Peter Capaldi years well I found it I found it inessential 
in a way that the show had never been before. I think by, and bearing in mind I'd have been, you know, in in my late 30s at this point, it had finally dawned on me that this show was going to go on forever. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to physically own all of it. There could be eras that I can what? tune out of. and dr- Because it just, it never clicked for me. The Capaldi Doctor just never clicked. Well... I adore Peter Capaldi. I think he is absolutely amazing as an actor. I I totally agree with you. An incredible ambassador for the show. Absolutely. Um, And and all the things that he did outside of the show, even uh, before uh, we get into his whole, you know, his acting and everything else, I think he was He was a a wonderful person to have representing your show and a great, and and again, uh, kind of bizarrely, coming after Matt Smith, who was you know the first person who'd ever really encapsulated, he could genuinely be this character, the Doctor. I think the same is true of Peter Capaldi. I think he mm. was uh, he had a lot of Tom Baker in him, but he had a lot of other Doctors, and he had his whole own angry Scots ethos, which was just magnificent. Yeah. I think I, there were two things that possibly turned people off. Um, one was the fact that he was so abrasive in his first series um, in comparison to the the ones that had gone before um, with sort of echoes of how people felt about Colin Baker. Um, and also I feel that possibly the the storytelling went more in a, in the direction of pleasing the, the hardcore fans rather than necessarily appealing to the general viewing public absolutely i think um it it sort of and and this again does feel like blasphemy and i i would never want to say anything uh, against our lord stephen of moffat but he kind of either either deliberately kind of jumped a groove into a more niche avenue of of storytelling or he kind of got so confident in what he was doing that he felt sure more people would would follow him but yes I think the show did become a lot more about fan service and while as fans we should have liked that more oddly I liked it less yeah I think uh, I do have friends who really desperately wanted to like it but just really got turned off by that characterization and i know some people who came back by the time we'd reached series 10 because they felt like that character had softened and mm. it felt more like the doctor again but i i think series 8 is one of my favorites i think it's right up there with series 5 um, i th- yes i think i should probably i, I mean i I won't. I think I probably should revisit <laughs> Series 8 because I can remember at the time uh, Deep Breath and Into the Dalek, I wasn't entirely sure what ultimately this Doctor was going to feel like week mm-hmm. in, week out. It was only with Robot of Sherwood that I, I was like, oh yes, I'm excited. I really like this character. But yeah, for me... It's, uh... He, yeah, he's a bit more fun in that, isn't he? He's Just more fun. He's of... got he's got some wonderfully childish lines about oh, you've soiled yourself, um, <laughs> and I think I think from that point on the the Capaldi Doctor was absolutely wonderful. I for me it was it was a question of the writing. It was just 
I think Listen is a, a wonderful story. Yes, you're right. Really, you you're know, right. if you're trying to cherry pick episodes that you would say to someone that this is a really great episode i think for me if you're looking at his era i think that's one of the the top stories i think absolutely i totally agree with you um i can't remember anything else after that until um the orient express Mm -hmm. uh that was brilliant yeah um the season finale was i believe divisive um, well, hang on. Hey, wait a minute. Hang on a minute. You're <laughs> skipping forward a bit there, young man. Oh, well, I have. A flatline was amazing. Uh, that's so the... you had so that's yes. Jamie Matheson. So that's, yes. he's written two real corkers, I felt. Just something different from what we'd seen before, the whole thing with these creatures that exist on a separate plane, if you like. Yep. Uh, I thought that, that was, was really good. And in the Forest was... of the Night, I will defend that. I really liked it. I Again, have, I'm going to be in the minority on that one, but yeah, I really enjoyed I have, it. I have no opinion either way, really. It, it it exists. I watched it when it was broadcast. I mm. I don't. I can't see myself watching it again. But there are some very very good episodes that I may not watch again. Mm. I mean, I, I obviously will watch all of these episodes again the next time it's a rainy day and <laughs> uh, and I and I've got Wi-Fi. But yeah. um. Uh, you know the the contrarian position I've adopted for the sake of making an interesting conversation. Um, <laughs> you know there was what there was a tiger and there were some trees that were there to save us from something. The solar flare. Solar flares. There's always solar flares in Doctor Who, aren't there? I mean, mm. wasn't that what was going to wipe out humanity in the Ark in space? I think you're right. Yes. Yes. I only know that because I watched Dark in Space yesterday morning <laughs> in bed. Oh, brilliant. Suddenly the whole this show makes sense brought now. to you by BritBox. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting uh, a blank check from them for all this mm. shameless plugging I'm doing of their wonderful mm. service. It's nothing Twitch haven't done. Um, yeah, so you were, you were saying about the finale was divisive. Yes, I mean, I uh, let's let's well let's leave the Cyberman aspect. The Missy thing I think was wonderful. Oh. Um, she was and remains marvelous. I think the she idea is fantastic. of making the Master uh, or you know regenerating a Time Lord into the, a, mm-hmm. a different sex was long overdue and yeah. timely. And um, I, I I was listening back to some old podcasts, and I know that our our mutual friend JR did actually call it less than mm-hmm. a year before. Um, he said, "I think it would be interesting if they brought back the the master as a as a female," um, and th- that happened, you know, in mm. season eight. Um, well, thanks for th- bringing that up. He'll be really big headed now, won't he? Well, now, Gee, well, you know, more so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I I still didn't see it coming. I suppose part of me thought that maybe that would be too obvious. Um, obviously a lot of people on the internet were going well it's a it's a lady it might be the rani uh because mm-hmm. we're very root one in our approach to thinking about things um but yeah i thought missy was absolutely stunning uh the idea of missy having her own cybermen i mean mm-hmm. would 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 they have been cybermen couldn't she have invented her own well you analog? know the master has Teamed up with the Daleks before in the old series, and yes, you know, true. Other true, true, creatures. very true. 
true true very true um i i don't have a massive problem with the idea of of the you know what, what the story was about and death and reincarnation mm. and and Danny Pink dying, I think, was uh, very. I've got two words for you, or one hyphenated word, depending on how it works. Spoiler. Cyberbrig. Oh, cyberbrig. Um, I again, I know, I know there are some people on the other side of the planet who feel very, very strongly that this was a terrible thing to do. Mm. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't mind it. I don't object to it. I, I. It does make narrative sense that a father mm. would want to save his daughter. Yeah. Um, where I think it maybe could have been more powerful is if he'd had, you know, some dialogue. But uh, no, I, I, I think that was fine myself. But I know mm. for a lot of people, certainly a lot of people with children, that was that was that was that story was a, a little footstep too far in in a direction that people weren't quite as comfortable going into yeah no i think the whole thing with uh, people still being able to feel the flames as they're cremated is um yeah it's a bit much isn't it well for a kid's show <laughs> yeah. yeah it's um yeah no i could totally understand why people were upset by that yeah i mean the older we get and the more <laughs> the closer that day comes we're all a little well, bit quite, yeah. 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 but um yeah on the whole it was great i i liked uh i liked the 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 killing off of missy uh because we mm. got a good answer for what happened uh we may come back to that um and uh yeah i think on the whole season eight was a very strong series at the time and mm. i did rewatch a lot of it at the time but I have not felt any kind of emotional, um, you know, love for it to, to revisit mm. it since. Um, season nine, even less so. I, I, I've watched the Dalek mm. story a couple of times. I've watched the, uh, the finale maybe twice. Uh, everything in the middle really uh, just didn't do it for me. People are going to be turning this podcast off now. <laughs> Who's this prat you've invited on? Why is he so? Down I mean, you on skipped everything? past last Christmas. What did you think of that? Oh, I, oh, I, re I cried so much. I had mm. a proper breakdown for <laughs> um, it. It uh, well, it made me think about what had turned out to be my my mother's last Christmas, mm. and I think it really beautifully and emotionally uh, tapped into something which, um, yeah, really. <laughs> knock me for six. Hit home, yeah. It it was yeah. beautiful. It was also hmm. possibly slightly silly and slightly, um, I don't know. I mean, uh, Faye Marseille as uh, the companion who who never was. Yeah, the the, the, the latest a, in the long a huge line. Huge cry, wasn't there from fans uh, saying, "Bring her well, back." And... Oh, she was absolutely magnificent, wasn't she? She was. She was really good. Um, and and Nick Frost was Santa Claus. Well, yeah, I mean... Yes, these these right. are all the facts I can remember now. <laughs> <laughs> well done. <laughs> um, yeah, Series 9, I don't know. I I feel like with Stephen Moffat's programmes, I think there's there's peaks and, and troughs. Um, so the, the low points are, you know, not great, but the high points when they really hit home are 
like nothing else you'll ever see. Yes. Um, so I think it did suffer a bit from that, possibly. Um, it was a little bit up and down. I personally quite enjoyed um, Under the Lake and Before the Flood, but I know I'm not necessarily in the majority there. Well, that's another one that I enjoyed at the time, but I haven't mm. revisited. And I and and there were sort of unanswered questions. And I'm not one of those fans who demands to have everything fed to me on a on a plate. Mm. I like a little bit of wiggle room to draw my own conclusions and yeah. make things add up. But I think with that, there was that whole issue of um, there was a line of dialogue explaining why there was a deserted village, and that got cut. And so mm. you're left with, well, why is there a deserted village? Yeah. Um, I mean, if you take out everything else, I think most fans would agree the Zygon two-parter and uh, Heaven Sent are worth checking that series out just for those episodes. Yes. I I will recuse myself from the conversation about the Zygon two-parter, but I think in terms mm. of the, the finale, um, I can never remember which one's which. Is Heaven Sent the one where he's in the dial? That's right. Yes, that is obviously the finale. A, an amazing piece of TV. Mm, oh, um, phenomenal. And again, I, I obviously massively like uh, Hellbent. Um, mm. But I think by this point, there's an absolute sense that this is really for the for the diehard fans at this point. Yeah, and yeah no, which is a there's, shame. There's no nourishment for the average viewer but was that the year when Doctor Who was on at like you know half eight on a Saturday night and it, it was all over the shifted shop around all over the place didn't it which probably didn't help yeah. either you've got a show which is not not being sort of you know dumped in people's laps anymore you've actively mm. got to seek it out in the schedules because it changes every week and it's yeah. being aimed at a hardcore not hard, hardcore but you know a harder core of viewer um, yeah. and you've got an abrasive Doctor and you've mm. got two parters, which is another barrier for a lot of people who aren't. Yeah. And suddenly you've got ratings of, what was it, down to like three million or something? I don't know. It got pretty low, didn't it? Yeah. Um, and I know. I think around I know. the sort of five million mark. but Oh, yeah. that's not so bad. I'm sure there I were a couple. that's sort that... of consolidated, isn't it, by the time you yeah. work out here? Yeah, I think there was there was one that was kind of level with, with Battlefield Part 1 as like the lowest episode wow. ever. Wow. But you know, it's a different era now, and and we did, mm. we have to consolidate. And a lot of people watch TV in different ways. Blah blah blah. Uh, you can't. Read I mean, husbands much. of River Song. That was a nice way of finishing off that whole story. Yes. I felt they really worked together very well. Yes, I think that was Peter that was Capaldi lovely. It was it was a much Gibson. more uh, fun. Um, again, aimed. <laughs> I want to say aimed more at the casual viewer. Obviously, it's quite complex by this point with who River Song is and what's mm, going to happen with her. Yeah. But I think just by putting someone like Matt Lucas in it, you've got a huge draw. Um, yeah, I remember to... at the time there was a lot of people saying, oh, God, Matt Lucas. Mm. And... Yes, but, but, but people said the same about Catherine Tate and Billy yep. Piper and probably yep. Sylvester McCoy and probably Tom Baker and, you know... Mm. People are always adverse to uh, that kind of casting, but uh, mm. generally it does seem to go rather well. And, and Matt Lucas went on to become, you know, for me, well, the kind of talk about fan favorite. Yeah, oof, oof. 
Oof. Just amazing. Um, uh, and and that sort of... Should, I th- uh, now, correct me if I'm wrong, that should have led us straight into season 10, but we had a year off, didn't we? Yeah, so we had the the, um, the Christmas special, which was the return of Doctor Mysterio, where they kind of merged the whole comic book thing. That's right. That's right. Which was um, a nice experiment. It was a, a brave thing. I think it felt a bit more mainstream. Yeah, felt like it was coming back more to the something aimed at the average viewer, which is, I suppose, what it should really be for a Christmas special. Uh, so, yeah, I think possibly there are one or two who perhaps might have checked out on the previous series who just sort of thought they'd have a little look to see whether they wanted to come back into it and they might have just come back into the fold watching that. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I would... I would assume so because the the viewing figures for the next series were up. I th- I think, I want to say, mm. um, and I think you're right. And it it was a much needed kind of reset of the, um, you know, direction of the show and the the emotional, mm. the way it was going. Um, I'm trying to think, but the villains by this point, I think the aliens in it were, oh, very similar to ones that had been in the previous special because i watched the two christmas specials about three or four months ago back to back on the iplayer see i'm not just about brit box honestly you you you, you have a <laughs> you get around for, yeah I've, I've an equal opportunities lech when it comes to streaming television you're a streaming tart i really am um and i think yeah in both of them the aliens were either visually similar or there was some sort of gimmick that mm. they that yeah it just just felt a little bit again like sort of treading on treading water maybe on stephen moffat's part but mm. uh, that's a fairly insignificant uh, element to you know focus on uh, it was it was it was great stuff and then we get to series 10 mm, and yeah. uh, the pilot which I remember at the time thinking, you know, for a, for a, a sort of, it's been away for a little while, a, a, a gentle, modest relaunch of the series, a, a reboot. Mm. I thought sort of it was soft reboot. Yeah, I thought it was absolutely magnificent. Mm. At the time, yeah. it was easily the best Capaldi episode, uh, I th- I think, um, and the series that followed it was a much more RTD era. Not so continuity obsessed, not so fanboy serving. Yeah, and I think they'd softened the character of the Doctor. They'd as softened well. the he... character. It was much more what it would have been lovely if he'd always been. But I think you, you only earn this new cuddlier Doctor by him having started out differently. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I do think it was a good experiment to to try and do the the Colin Baker arc, but actually do it this time. And yeah. I think it did work, and I think you know, skipping ahead ten weeks, I think by the time it was it was game over, mm. you were genuinely heartbroken to see this one go as well. I think there were probably more standouts from this series than the the previous one, although there were one or two less great ones. Um, uh, I, th- I think I'm just going to go in the background while you're talking. <laughs> well, I, th- I thought Oxygen was a real standout. Another one for Jamie Matheson there. Yes, that's uh, right. I thought that was very entertaining and suitably creepy. Um, 
yeah the, let's, let's not talk about the monk trilogy let's let's yeah that that, that, that was a bit of a um, a bit of a misstep but the one the one on the frozen thames um yeah thin ice yeah thin ice that again yeah. utterly standalone not mm. not a ridiculous alien invasion just a fairly small scale story yeah that was wonderfully done but we haven't yeah. talked about bill oh my god bill probably my favorite mm. companion yeah um yeah she, she was, was fantastic. magnificent and she was so good in that one mm. um you had uh, one of the Suchet brothers. I never, I can never tell which one was the actor and which David. one was the newsreader. Thank you, Suchet. As uh, yeah. as as a, a the oh, I, I can't remember now. He was the yeah son of the, the spoilers. The, the wooden yeah. Well, well, we've we've spoiled quite a lot to be fair already. <laughs> um, <laughs> David Tennant regenerates. Sorry, kids. Um, yes. The uh, the the Rona Munro episode was mm. interesting, mainly to see a returning classic era writer doing yeah. something for the new show. Um, you wonder why no one's phoned Ben Aronovich at this point, really. I oh goodness! Know. I mean, what's what's he got to do yeah. to get a gig? I know it's it's terrible. Um, I, what else happened in that series? There was um, well, there was um, World Enough and Time, and um, the Doctor. Ah. Yes, and there was a whole another story arc with Missy. He did like Stephen mm. Moffat. Did like once he'd come up with Missy, he 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 did keep her very much in the mix, didn't he? In a, again in a, yeah. a John Pertwee era kind of way, and I like well, that. Yeah, that whole thing of him being based at the the university as well felt kind of unity, didn't it? Yeah. Although he had the freedom yeah. to go off and do what he wanted to, it just felt like he, he had, had a, that a base to come back to. Yeah. What yeah. did you think as the series unfolded, and we we mm. saw it was about this this sort of. Uh, initiative to try to, to turn Missy to the light. Did you mm. buy into that, or did you think, well, she's obviously not going to, or or were you fooled, or? or? Ah, well, it's you're always wondering, you know, because they do. Obviously, they're old friends who go back so far, and there must be some kind of friendship between them. The, the Doctor must see some kind of reason for redemption otherwise you know it would have ended quite horribly hundreds of years before yeah um but yeah you never really know which way it's going to pan out you know it's the toss of a coin but um yeah i thought it ah, if you're going to have a, a send-off for um a recurring character i thought it was a really really good way to wrap up her story i just wish in retrospect that it had also wrapped up capaldi's run as well because i feel like it was a a better finale for him yes in my opinion <laughs> it absolutely was i mean this this kind of very long overdue on tv at least idea of having two masters um and it mm, being the master, yeah. they can't even quite unite properly. They've got to be kind no. of uncertain of each other as well. It's 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 wonderful, um, and yes, I I think although there was no kind of obvious gunshot or wound that triggered his regeneration, just mm. the fact that he'd come through this battle and he was exhausted and he'd been blinded a few weeks before and this that and the other. Just mm -hmm. his doctor, his magnificent doctor, had been kind of just ground down and yeah. worn out. 
and as you say that would have been a great place to end it but they had to do the Christmas special um, which was called oh God, I, I always get this wrong don't I twice upon a time twice Lord? upon a time oh twice, twice upon, upon a time, a time. I, mine was or better or twat for short <laughs> so I'll tell you a little story here I went oh. to um, the North Bend near Tacoma where they filmed Twin Peaks um, I was out there for that Christmas and I was staying with a friend who had never heard of Doctor Who mm-hmm. and I said right can I just watch um, one TV show this week while I'm visiting oh, you dear. It's, a, it's my it's my favourite show and so we watched this thing where there's Peter Capaldi and then mm-hmm. but then David Bradley's a different version of the same character and it's 653 yeah. episodes previously and then mm-hmm. there are these glass people that don't have an evil plan and then there's a mad Dalek and then dead Jenna Coleman comes back and then Peter (laughs) Capaldi turns into a lady and it finishes and my friend just sort of turned to me and she said I have questions (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah what a way to introduce someone to the show in retrospect probably not the best episode I should have gone with listen yeah I should have yeah. gone with. Uh, I should have gone with time in the Rani. That would have been better. Goodness <laughs> me! Yes, well, if she I liked it after that. Then you well, know, you've got a die-hard fan. Well, absolutely. Um, I'm sure she wouldn't. Um, but yes, what, what what did you make of of Twice Upon a Time? Oh, I wanted to like it so much, and there was plenty of good stuff in there. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just felt like. A bit of nothing, really, which is such a shame for his last show. Yes, it, but, I, th- I, I yeah. don't know if it's because there was no kind of evil scheme for him to thwart, mm. um, because that that is, again, a very refreshing idea that the show could occasionally try and do something that isn't, mm. you know, the universe is about to be destroyed by this mad uh, alien race. Yeah, um, I suppose or, or the, the whole thing is... You know, he's already starting this episode in the midst of regeneration, so that element has been taken out of the plot as such. So you're not, you don't have that sort yeah, of drama building up to all. Oh, is he going to? Is this going to be it? Is going to be it? Yeah, if you, if you launch into this story where the lead character is already about to die at the start, mm, there's no real mm. sense of jeopardy there. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, no, I thought David Bradley was great. It was nice to see yeah. Bill one last time. Mm. Um, but yeah, and then finally I mean, that, that first Doctor <laughs> Tardis interior. Was oh, that was lovely though, fantastic. wasn't it? Yeah. And the the joke lovely. about the brandy having gone down a bit. That was <laughs> yeah. uh, that was a, a beautiful thing. Yeah. Um, but then it finished, and suddenly the Doctor is a, a lady falling out of an exploding Tardis. Mm. What were your thoughts uh, at, at that time? Well, uh, I was quite excited by the prospect of having a woman doctor. I thought it would be a real shot in the arm for the show. It just felt like it needed freshening up because as much as I adore Peter Capaldi, and I think he is one of my favourite doctors, I think in terms of where the, the show sits in the public consciousness I felt like it needed something just to give it a bit of a lift because it did feel very much like it was going through the gears and 
you know, doing what it did very well, but it wasn't really opening itself up to new viewers. And I think whether you like or dislike what they did with Series 11, I think it really did bring in a new generation of viewers. Absolutely. Uh, can't fault you there, sir. Um, it, Yeah, it, it, it obviously didn't work for me personally, but there's no reason why it should. I'm a 40-something-year-old man. It's well, not quite. aimed at me. It's aimed at children, and there were loads mm. of children watching it. Um, and it did, therefore, what the show needs to do every couple of years, which is go back to basics in some ways, do something different in other ways, but kind of open itself up again and go, here we are, jumping on point. Come and come and check this out. Yeah, and I think the last time we spoke about Doctor Who, we both kind of came to a similar conclusion, really, that, you know, it's there. it looks as good as it's ever looked. Yep. I think the the money they invested in new cameras and the you know the making it look more filmic was absolutely justified um i really like the change in the music as well because i think that just gives it a different character as much as yeah. i love murray gold i just think it's again it freshens it up because it's yeah. something different from what we've had before and i think the cast as a whole are very good um i just feel as I think we said last time, that it's it's just very sort of level. There's no great peaks. There's no desperate troughs. It's just, you know, it's, just, it's, it's there. It's fine, mm. which is a terribly damning thing to say about a series yeah, of Doctor it's Who. Yeah, it's a shame. But... It's, it's fine. It's there. It's adequate. Um, mm. I watched it again recently just to kind of see if maybe I was unfair on it the first time around. And... Mm. I think something like 90% of, of the Doctor's dialogue was this kind of half-sentence kind of staccato bursts of communication where she's like, scanning for alien tech or, mm. you know, reversing the polarity of the neutron flow. And she doesn't, you know, quite talk in a convincing way mm. all the time necessarily. I think yeah, it was just maybe teething troubles with, with the writing mm. and people sort of getting used to a different kind of show to what they uh, what their background was in writing maybe I don't know maybe but anyway let's let's move on from 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 that are you excited for, for series 12 I am yeah I mean that's that's due very very soon as we record this so I'm getting quite excited again yeah. Um, so yeah I just want to see what they can do with it I'm hoping for a little bit more I don't know just a bit more excitement, something to really get the pulse racing and and uh, see really what Jodie can do because I don't think she's really had. I think um, possibly resolution is the first time you really get to see her have a sort of proper doctorish moment where she's. It probably helps that she's coming up against an old adversary, and I think that just gives. Yes, I don't know. It gives it gives the viewer more of a sense of importance, and I and and yeah. obviously she can't see the viewers; it's not recorded live. But it, it gives <laughs> her as an actress some heightened stakes, you know, something to kick against. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I love Rosa. I thought um, the the historicals were probably the stronger ones of the the stories that were around. So, Demons of the Punjab, um, Witchfinders, you know, I thought they were all tremendous fun. 
Yep. So I just uh, I want it to just take what was good and just develop it and just give us a bit more oomph. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. I would also say it'd be nice if the Tetraps could come back, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see Yaz actually do something as well. Yes, I just feel like she was yes. criminally underused. Absolutely. So I think, you know, give her... I suppose it was meant to play out as Ryan's overall arcing story, so I can kind of see why maybe she had to take a bit of a backseat, but I'd like to see her really come... Come to the fore. Yeah, absolutely. Well, fingers mm. crossed. I hope. Uh, I hope the new series brings you everything you want. Well, yeah, you know, if it doesn't, then there's always the next series. Well, exactly. That is the beauty of the show. Or um, you can just sit around and watch BritBox. Yeah. Well, there's. Oh, oh, that's yes. I, I need to crack on. I've got the Sontaran experiment queued up. Um, well, I don't want to hold you up. <laughs> uh, on which note, I should probably say cheery bye, because I have got to go now. Well, it's been a pleasure having you back. It's been and, uh, it's been lovely chatting. We'll catch up again soon. Yes. Thanks for having me. Goodbye, everyone. Happy New Year. Happy New Year and a happy new decade. Mm.